It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Twenty-one plus and present, in Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. Ten dollar deposit required. Refund issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bet that expire in fourteen days. Restrictions apply. See terms at FanDuel.com/sportsbook. Hope is here. GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GamesenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Welcome to First and Goal, the 2024-2023 season's in the books. Time to talk about the draft. <laughs> Excited to talk draft with you, Rich Hill. Really a lot of cool prospects coming up this 2024 draft class. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh no, wait, no, it's it's still October. It's only week five, and we're talking. Oh, no. Yes, we still have we still have 11 weeks at least. At least. Um, and then some. The Patriots just lost to the Saints. <laughs> 34 to nothing. <laughs> and it was worse than the score. Yeah, we have to break this game down somehow, Rich Hill. Uh, I, I I think I'm going to reiterate what I said last time when they lost to the Cowboys 38-3. to I, I don't have anything to say about this game. I, I don't have anything that I can even remotely resemble any kind of solace or, or silver lining. That was just awful all across the board. There are no good stats. There was no good offensive plays. There was no consistency. The defense was on the field the entire time. There were only eight first downs generated. There was a single third down conversion, 110 yards for Mac Jones. The leading rusher was Ramondre Stevenson, who had eight carries for 24 yards. The leading receiver had two grabs for 43 yards. This Patriots team is flat out terrible. Other than that, how is the wedding, Stark family? Uh, Yeah, no, totally. This was bad. It was very, very bad, irredeemably bad. Uh, It was the worst loss of Bill Belichick's tenure with the Patriots coming off of a previous worst loss of the tenure with the Patriots. And it's one thing to lose on the road against the Dallas Cowboys, who have a very, very good team where you're dealing with a lot of injuries and you're trying to be competitive. This game... 34 to 0 against a bad Saints team at home. This is the first time I feel like that there's any weight to people saying that Bill Belichick is on the hot seat and having it be valid. I don't think that they should fire him by any means. But for anyone who said he could never be fired, we're looking at a very real circumstance where Robert Kraft is saying, oh, We've been non-competitive and we're trending worse. Like that's what this team is doing. Each successive game has been worse this year and there's no signs of turning it around. And while they have a lot of cap space for next year, I don't know how many players on the current roster are worth investing in to build around. Yeah, and here's the thing. Let's get into it. First and goal. Again, if you want to talk about the Saints game, we can, but I'm going to make my first and goal just kind of like a bitch session because I have some things I have to say, Rich Hill. 
I it was really, your chest. <laughs> I, I really, really, really hate the narrative. It was all Brady. It was all Belichick. I think that's such a stupid thing to argue about. Every great coach is a great quarterback and vice versa. They were crucial to each other's success. But one thing I will say about Tom Brady is what Tom Brady brought to this team was a culture in which premier free agents wanted to play for the Patriots. They mm-hmm. played for less money because it meant they'd get a ring. He created a culture where everybody in the locker room could be yelled at, could be chewed out, could be treated like absolute crap and run into the ground during practice because the result was you were playing deep into January and into February. He created a culture in which I don't mind living in Massachusetts in February because I'm winning a Super Bowl if I go for the Patriots. And it allowed Bill Belichick to coach in a certain way and adopt a certain philosophy that honestly he can no longer adopt with this team. If I'm a premier free agent in 2023, 2024, and I come to the Patriots, it's because I have a massive contract under my belt. If I'm getting treated like crap, I don't want to play for this team because what's in it for me? There are plenty of nicer places to play, more enjoyable places to play with better teams. So it is a, it, it, maybe Belichick's in a situation where he's realizing he no longer can coach the way he used to coach. And look, it worked. That coaching strategy works if your players are buying in. But in order for players to buy in, you kind of have to win games and you have to promise a deep playoff run and it's going to pay off in the end. But who's going to get lambasted and chewed out for a one and four start and and two straight shutouts, basically? It's just not going to happen. And the question I'd like to know is, can Bill Belichick pivot at age 72 and maybe depart from the way he's been coaching for the last 20 years because they don't have the payoff anymore? Totally. And I mean, it, it's all very valid criticisms. I mean, you, you say, yes, he can still do defense. Like there's no question. He is still the best mind in football as it relates to building a defense for all of the shortcomings. They were still hyper competitive. The 34 points were not the defense's fault fully. Seven of them obviously came from Mac Jones. They had three drives that they were handed that started in scoring position already. And they held two of them to field goals. They did as best as they could short for their top four cornerbacks and a new guy that they just acquired like the day before the game. Like they did everything they possibly could. So I still have faith in his ability to create a defense. What we are seeing is just a complete mismanagement of offensive talent time and time and time and time again. And historically, Tom Brady had been able to overcome it. We would always be able to laugh at the failed offensive, you know, second round wide receivers, ha ha, because Tom Brady was able to develop a rapport with some other player to make the offense one of the best in the league. It's becoming very, very clear. And we touched on this a little bit last time that perhaps the entire offensive line success was Dante Scarnecchia and all of that talent development and identification came with Scar because this is the worst offensive line in the entire league. And it's been bad every time Scar has not been in the room. You look at the offensive playbooks, it's getting worse and worse. The type of head coach that would say, yes, Matt Patricia is the type of person that I want to lead this offense. Joe Judge is the type of person I want to lead this offense. And to get the obvious results that everyone was expecting, you are allowed to question his decision-making as it relates to offensive acumen. I was watching this video. It was one of those famous Tom Brady and Bill Belichick clips where uh, they're scouting Ed Reed and they're in a room together. And Tom Brady's sitting across from uh, Bill Belichick, you know, drawing up plays saying, hey, if Ed Reed does this, he's going to you know, attack at this wide receiver. What we should do is counter with this. Bill Belichick's taking notes. I don't know if Belichick has that. I think that Bill O'Brien is doing a fine job drawing up some sort of plays. Although, like, I think that there's a cohesion to the offensive narrative that is existing. 
players aren't getting open. There is that a failure of talent identification. Probably the fact that Jacoby Myers and I will stand on the table. I was one that said Juju Smith-Schuster was a great pickup. I think he had a lot more upside versus Jacoby. But if Juju Smith-Schuster is so injured that he can't even play, that's a failing on the coaching staff. We have no visibility into that. And for that to be the downstep, for Juju Smith-Schuster to be a serviceable, if not good, wide receiver in other places, and for him to be completely unplayable in New England, to have Jonu Smith not be able to see the field for the Patriots because they didn't have any trust in his ability to produce, to have him have more yards receiving this year for the Atlanta Falcons as their number two receiver than the Patriots' top receiver in Kedrick Bourne. The fact that these players are coming to New England and failing, going to other places and succeeding, highlights to me that this is a failure of the system on offense. It's a systemic failure that comes from Bill Belichick that that he truly does need to outsource. He has always historically tried to develop the talent from within on the offense. He needs to accept that it's been a complete brain drain. They need to clear house on the offensive side of the ball, and they need to rebuild it with that Kyle Shanahan, with that Sean McVay style of offense in mind, because having Matt Patricia try to adopt some of those principles is absolutely not the same as having someone who's lived it, build it up from the beginning. And that would do so much for the entire team. I mean, you think he can do that, Rich? I mean, look, there's the old adage, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And it's funny, Belichick used to be so good at kind of predicting where the league was going, you know, to to the two tight end offense, to the five wide receiver spread in 2007, to the the smash mouth run game. It seems like the era of the NFL 2023 and beyond is the highly athletic mobile quarterback who can extend plays with his legs. And other than those kind of key dominant Justin Jefferson style receivers, the, the rest of the league's made up of like, short, fast slot guys that can get open and they can get open because the receiver, the quarterback in the backfield can run around for, for eight, nine seconds, or they can yeah. evade tackles. And then they drafted Mac Jones, who just isn't the guy. Like he just, he just isn't his decision-making was his strength. As you mentioned in previous podcasts, the decisions he is making, I, I don't know what he's doing. He's now good for the only touchdown passes he throws now are pick sixes. And it just seems like it's the, the era of the, the pure pocket passer, at least in this cycle, of the NFL isn't really a thing anymore. It's the Lamar Jacksons, the Patrick Mahomes, the Josh Allens, and the the Jalen Hurts out there. And so I don't know if you can really build an offense around an immobile quarterback behind a completely shaky offensive line with no running game and receivers who can't get open. I just don't know how you're supposed to be able to do that. <laughs> I mean, like, like what, what could possibly have gone worse for the Patriots if like not, none of that is working and you're keeping the defense, if the defense gets two minutes of rest for an offensive drive, that's a big win. That's like a single mm-hmm. first down, and you're going to expect to give up points if you just can't seem to keep the defense off the field no matter what you do. And, yeah, I mean, I don't know. You know, we're, we're kind of closing in slowly on the trade deadline at the end of October. I don't know if you're going to see any kind of fire sale from the Patriots. I personally don't think you will. And also, like, if you're if you're around the league, like, who on the Patriots? <laughs> do you want to hurt. Like, and I mean, Gonzalez are their blue chips, and they're yeah. both hurt. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could technically make a case for making a trade for Duggar, but he's in a contract year, and like maybe you rent it for half a season for like a fourth to fifth round pick. I don't think yeah. that's worth it for the Patriots perspective. So everyone's like, oh, we gotta trade everybody. Like, trade who? Who are you trading? There's no one to trade. I- I'm not gonna say like you're not gonna tank, but-, but the Patriots are in absolute no man's land right now. And the way things are going, if they finish like four and thirteen. I'll, I'll take it as a win because that means there are three more wins coming down the pike somewhere. Well, I think the thing too, is that like, it's not even like they're in no man's land. They are clearly one of the least talented teams in the entire league without direction. 
Like they, they are truly a bottom team. Like it's not necessarily that they are potentially floating around. Are we going to be outside of the top 10 picks? Like, no, 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 no. Looking at the rest of their schedule, the fact that they lost to the saints like this Patriots are more likely than not picking in the top five. They are one, they are currently in possession of like the fifth pick overall. And so they are going to be a bad team. And uh, you know, if Gonzalez is out for the rest of the year, maybe, you know, you get Jack Jones back and Jonathan Jones gets a little bit healthier. Maybe the offensive line gels. I don't know. Maybe we've seen it after, you know, five, six weeks into the season, the offensive line like suddenly starts to click. I'm not holding my breath for that to happen this year, but it, it's a circumstance where uh, what makes it so painful is that we went into this year having some hope. This is not a case where the Patriots entered the year where we're saying, okay, well, it's a throwaway year. We can accept that. And when they're going for a draft pick and they're, you know, we'll, we'll look towards next year, be excited to find like the young players that show some promise, because this is a season that we went into saying, uh, if you get a good offensive coordinator, pair it with that elite defense, they're potentially a contender. And to have the wheels fall off in such a dramatic fashion on offense, to have so many injuries as they've had on defense, to have literally the worst special teams unit in the league right now, uh, to go with their league worst offensive unit. We've just never seen a complete product so bad. And it's not even like it's entertaining. That's the hardest part. I would watch 17 miracles in Miami over what they did against the Saints. Yeah, yeah, it's just not fun to watch. I mean, again, like we're Patriots fans. We've had six lifetimes worth of success in the past 20 years, and we've been to the table feasting for so long. It's time to digest. Fine. If, and I, I just don't want to get used to this, Rich. I'm, I'm, I'm fine if they're just terrible and they want to just do a kind of a rebuild. But again, like I really thought 2021 was year three of a three year rebuild. I really came, uh, 2023, excuse me, was year one of a three year rebuild with 2021 being the first year. I really thought that coming into the season and we're back to square one based on what I've seen here. You know, if you don't want to have any shot at the postseason in the AFC, I think 10 and seven is the absolute floor of a record for you to go. And that means they can afford to lose three more games to finish 10 and seven. They got two games against the Bills coming up. They got the Dolphins coming up. They're playing the Chiefs. They're playing the Chargers. And again, they lost 34 nothing to the Saints. So the Raiders are probably going to beat them. Maybe the Colts are going to beat them. That Steelers game could be a, could be a loss. Uh, who knows? Jets, Patriots, end of the year. I can just see them finishing four and 13 so easily. And we're just kind of back to square one here. And it's fine. I'm still going to root for him. I'm still going to watch the game. It's it's all good, but it's just kind of disappointing when you kind of think you're getting a a new bike for Christmas and then you open it and it's it's (laughs) it's a tricycle instead and you're back on training wheels. And it's broken. It's It's a destroyed training. (laughs) Yeah. No. And I I think like let's move on to second down. And for second down, historically we've done around the league. I want to do something a little bit differently on this. Let's do it. I would like to look at the bright side. Let's embrace the suck. This is a bad team out there and let's change the lens of focus into approaching it as the bad teams do. Not in the sense of like, let's try and tank, but let's try and find the bright spots. Like we're not going in it being like, here's the moral victories or anything like that. We're just accepting that they're going to be bad. I'm not going to take a moral victory or anything like that. But 
if you were the Patriots, you're looking at this offense and you're seeing how bad they've been to this point. Uh, Want to really emphasize here, they rank 32nd in points this year, including 32nd in points per drive, 31st in yards per drive, 32nd in time of possession per drive. They are 29th in yards per carry, 26th in net yards per pass attempt. They are bad across the board. They are so bad that this defense still ranks top 10. Uh, they, they rank fifth in yards allowed per drive, partially because the defense gives up great field position, but also like 11th in points allowed per drive. This is a good defense still that is playing with the worst offense that you could ever imagine. So if you are Bill O'Brien and you're saying, you know what? Throw out everything that we've done thus far this year because there's no point. It hasn't worked. Who are you building around? If you could choose your top five skill players, who are they going to be in this Patriots offense? I got to pick five in this offense. You got to pick five. You got to pick five. I still, again, it's not his fault. I think there's no way Ramondre Stevenson drops from four yards of carry to 2.6 yards of carry, if not for the offensive line, the fact that there's just zero respect for the passing game. So I still like Ramondre Stevenson very much. And you and I talked early in the offseason, Rich, this was going to be a running team. They were going to be a clock managing, grind them out running team. They can still do that with Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, I like Demario Douglas. He's got a lot of promise. I think he's going to be a good receiver in this league. I also like Kendrick Bourne still. I don't think mm-hmm. Kendrick Bourne's a bust. I really think Kendrick totally. Bourne is a good receiver. I think he needs another piece or so around him. I don't think he's a number one receiver the way no. that some guys are. I, I would love to see them go get a, a Justin Jefferson that, or if they've gone after DeAndre Hopkins, who had like 140 yards receiving last week, something if they'd gone and got him like a, a complimentary piece, uh, that would have been a really, really helpful thing for them to do. Tight ends. I don't know if Hunter Henry is somebody I build my team around. I, I like Hunter Henry. He's a fine tight end. I don't think his contract justifies the production. Uh, I don't know if there's really a tight end out there like that I'm going to really go with. And they did mm-hmm. fine without two tight ends for a long time. Maybe they're going to shy away from the tight end style offense the way that other teams have over the past couple of years. So I'm not really going to pick any tight ends on this team. I'd love to see him come in and get like an old school fullback again. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if like Zeke's the guy, but like maybe they can use Johnny Tavai as like a fullback or the way they do with a linebacker um, to kind of just get like a, a James Devlin neck roll kind of guy that can that can plow guys over. I'd like to see that. And I still like Michael Onwenu. He had a really bad game, but I think he's probably their best offensive lineman at this point. He's the only one that can actually really be serviceable. David Andrews too. I'll, I'll lump him in there as well. Um, I don't know if they're really a skill guy, but I, I think there are some pieces on the offensive line that are still good. I don't know if I'm going to call Cole Strange a bust yet, but yeah. he's he's like a, if we're playing if we're playing like you know the game horse you play with basketball, he's at like BU yep. of BUST yep. in the game of horse that is bust. <laughs> um, so I guess those are my five. But again, these aren't guys that like. If the, I will also say if those guys were like all just gone tomorrow. Other than Stevenson, I'd be like, well, thanks. (laughs) See you later. So, again, there's not like a guy like we have to keep this guy or else we're screwed kind of thing, which is really, really sad to say. Totally. Yeah. I mean, there is not a blue chip player. I think you look at the veterans that they've, you know, signed and extended like Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike Jacecki and Devontae Parker have been absolute nothing this year. And it's frustrating to see. And so if, if I were the Patriots and I'm saying, okay, who are the five skill players? I agree. Ramondre has been the guy. There's no reason he can't be the guy again. He looks like he's overthinking things in the backfield, like Lawrence Maroney-esque lack of yeah. decision-making. 
but he has the ability. We've seen it. It exists there. You know what you're getting with Ezekiel Elliott and his ceiling is not as high. And I think Ramondre can be a better producer out of the backfield. I think Hunter Henry should be on the field. He's someone that is not, again, I agree with you, not worth a contract that they paid him, but he has a great rapport with Mac Jones. If they are ever to reach the red zone again, which is a massive if at this point, because Alec, when was the last time they reached the red zone? Week two. Oof. Uh, he has the rapport. Mac Jones and Hunter Henry have a connection that you can't say for a lot of other players on this entire Patriots offense. And so uh, I would have him out there at the tight end spot. If I were doing the other ones, Kendrick Bourne, put him in the slot. And then I would have uh, uh, put Demario Douglas if he's healthy. I know he's dealing with a concussion right now. So this is more of a bigger picture thing. I would have Demario Douglas out there and then Keishon Boutte. I have no need to test any of the other players out there. We know what they are. They've been very unsuccessful. It's been highly disappointing. I want to see what the young players have. I don't need to, if we're, if this is going to be a losing season, trade the veterans for whatever you can, even like if it ultimately means you have to set in the way Kendrick Bourne, that would hurt. Cause I think that he's just been so underutilized with the Patriots, but he's probably the best asset that the team has on offense where you could see a team like, I don't know, like the Rams being like, you're not using him this way. And then he goes there and goes for a thousand yards. Uh, it's one where I just don't need to see more of Mac Jones throwing nothing passes to Juju Smith-Schuster for his league worst yards after the catch or to throw to Devontae Parker with zero separation. We know what it is. Let's figure out if the young players can play. Yeah. But again, Rich, my earlier point is like, are you do literally say like, you'll just trade away your, you're, you're, you'll trade away your team's leading receiver with 200 and some odd yards in, 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 into week six. You'd trade them for like a fifth round pick and not think anything of it? If you could get a fifth, absolutely. I don't even think you'd get a fifth for these players. Like, uh, I would like to keep Bourne. Ideally, I'd keep Bourne. I think he can play. And if you have players, you know, let's put Tyquan Thornton out there, man. I have no expectations from him, but at least he can, you know, draw defenses away over the top so Bourne can operate underneath. He's just going to be a decoy. Uh, I feel like Bourne is able to produce. I don't think that it's worth it at this stage of their career for both Parker and Smith Schuster to wait around for another rebuild because by the time that the Patriots are able to do anything on offense, there are going to be like in their late thirties kind of as in like will be past 30, which in <laughs> NFL sense is late thirties, no offense to listeners here. Uh, it, it's so it's going to be past their prime and their ability. So like, why, why waste like what could be in theory, the last prime of their career to go around for another rebuild. I'm sure they'd want out. It would be a pick swap. Patriots get a six and they have to trade away a seventh for it. Maybe they could do a fifth for a six, but I'm not expecting any real return. It's more just a matter of just clear the way for the younger players to get opportunities because there's no point in keeping the veterans around. Last thing we'll say, Rich, before I move on from this debacle into the next upcoming debacle, uh, <laughs> the all signs point to Mac Jones being the starter at least next week against the Raiders. Do you Are you in any way shying away from Mac Jones, or are you just riding him into the ground? I know people are saying bring Zappy in. Nothing I've seen from Zappy is remotely close to thinking a solution. I know totally. there's some folks calling for Malik Cunningham based on that one drive against four stringers in the preseason. Do you think Mac's the guy at least for the season, or do you think they'll make a quarterback change at some point? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like they'll keep going with him. I don't know necessarily if it's going to be good or he'll turn it around, but like he still is the best option they have with all the warts included. It's just I, they've not been giving him help out there. He's been facing a preposterous amount of pressure out there. He's been having to throw the ball away really quickly because he's getting like less than two seconds before the pressure gets in his face. So it's it's not that he's blameless, but he's also just a part of the problem, not the problem. And it's one where he's not really getting an opportunity to get into a rhythm. It feels like anytime that something good happens on offense, there's either an injury or like there's a penalty on the offensive line and like there's this fumble by so-and-so and then it all goes out the window. So there, there's never a real rhythm that he's able to get into. He is someone I would consider to be one of those young players that like, let's just see what he has. Like, let's give him some of the better athletes that the team has, the better separators and route runners, and just let them figure it out. If not, worst case scenario, you're trading him anyways, or he's not getting a second contract. So like, it doesn't really matter. I, I think it's more of uh, the, the idea that we've seen enough New York Jets young quarterbacks come into the league get spooked by all the pressure and never be able to recover. And we've seen it with Darnold. We saw it with Sanchez at a point. We, you know, we saw it with Zach Wilson as well. We saw it with Mac. That's what this last game was against the saints. That was the time where he was seeing ghosts where it was, it was irredeemable play. And if he does get benched, I would have no complaints whatsoever. Let Zappy do it until you know he hits the point where he's not able to do it anymore. I would, but because the coaches voiced their support of Mac, let us ride him out for the rest of the year. What's the worst that could happen? They're going to lose more games. Yeah, th- again, at this point, you know, I, I I don't think I have it in me to root for a tank. I don't think I'm that capable as a fan to just like want to <laughs> go one and sixteen for the first round pick. I just don't know if I could ever really get on that bandwagon. But I also don't want to like trade for Kirk Cousins and yeah. finish like eight and nine. I see no point in that either. I'd rather not go to purgatory. Right. So if you're gonna lose, lose spectacularly. The <laughs> uh, good news, Rich, is that game is over and behind us. We never have to talk about it again. The bad news is there's another game coming up. We'll probably be talking about it again the exact same way this time next week. Let's do third and goal coming up. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get two hundred dollars in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a five dollar bet. That's two hundred dollars in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bet that expires seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 sport. Play it smart from the start. GamesenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right, Rich. Usually on second and goal, we go around the league. And third and fourth and goal, we go for offense and defense. So let's kind of combine around the league with whatever we're going to witness against the Raiders. Uh, week six is here. It is Patriots in Las Vegas. The last time the Patriots went to Vegas, we had Jacoby Myers passing the ball to Chandler Jones in one of the worst plays in NFL history. Hopefully it won't be that bad. But the way things are going, who knows? It might be. Any games besides Pat's Raiders you're excited about this week? 
Um, would I say that I'm excited about Pat's Raiders? That's a bold statement. <laughs> <Fair> um, <laughs> I would say there's a few that I'm like low key interested in, uh, just because I feel like they could be interesting. I feel like Cardinals Rams is a game that, uh, I feel like the NFC West always plays each other competitively, but I like, I'm just like intrigued by this Rams offense. Uh, that's one game. Uh, the other one lions on the road against the bucks. Lions are looking great this year. Are they going to be replicants of last year's Giants where they're just a paper team or are they actually good? I don't know. I'm intrigued by it. Uh, but the one that uh, you mentioned referenced earlier that I actually feel like would be a very good game, the one in four Vikings on the road against the one in four Bears. That is not a masochistic statement of mine to say <laughs> that I'm intrigued by it. But we've seen Justin Fields back to back weeks show up for the Bears. And what happens when you have an elite wide receiver in DJ Moore for the Chicago Bears. Oh, it looks like they can play on offense. Wow, fascinating. Who knew that? Last week, DJ Moore, as the Bears put up 40 points against the Washington Commanders, had eight catches for 230 yards and three touchdowns. Justin Fields looks like a viable player because they have a star wide receiver. Who knew? Who who could have seen that this is what would happen when you equip a young player with a young talent? So, I'm excited to see if Justin Fields, like, is he able to continue it? Obviously, his two games of success have been against the Broncos, who uh, were absolutely eviscerated by the Miami Dolphins. So, like, I wouldn't necessarily say that's a great indicator of him being good. But he also did well against the Washington Commanders. And so can he do this against the Minnesota Vikings? The Vikings have had uh, some of the worst luck in the league, I would say. I feel like every single game that they've lost has been by, like, one point on like a ricochet or something like that. It's been absolutely wild. Last second losses left and right. And so they're, they're not as bad as the record indicates. Um, But that's definitely a matchup that I have my eyes on draft pick perspective for the Patriots wise, but also because I mean, there is enough talent in that game to make it interesting. Yeah. Look, the Vikings, I I thought they beat the chiefs. Honestly, they probably should have beaten the chiefs Some very questionable officiating toward the end of the game. Um, But uh, speaking of the Chiefs, I just watch the Broncos beat the crap out of them on Thursday night. I can see that happening because the Broncos-Chiefs game is always wonky. Chiefs don't look that great this year. They're way better than the Broncos, don't get me wrong. But Thursday night, I feel like for a Thursday night divisional matchup is always a disaster. Uh, so that could be a closer game than, I, than it might be. There's also, I'm very curious about the, the Ravens-Titans game at 9.30 a.m. and I think it's in London again. That could be a sneaky good game. A lot of good ground attacks for, for those two. And again, the London matchups are always kind of weird. The Jaguars beat the Bills last week, so so who the hell knows there. Overall, though, Rich, not a stellar week of games, honestly. By no means low-lighted by Patriots-Raiders. Let's get right into this, Rich. Uh, the Patriots, let's start with the worst part of the Patriots team, which is the offense. Oh, yes. We have whatever resembles an offensive powerhouse for the Patriots going up against this Raiders defense. Uh, besides just try anything and everything and just try and get a first down and maybe get in the red zone and score a point, the obvious, what are you doing this week? How are you switching the script up? What do you kind of do to try to just make anything go right for this team against the Raiders defense through Bill O'Brien? Yeah, well, okay, so a few things. One, this is not a very talented defense of the the Raiders. They have a couple really good pieces, like Max Crosby, one of the best defensive linemen in the entire league. He's going to have a field day against the Patriots' offensive line. Outside of him, everyone else is pretty manageable. Like, the, Jerry Tillery is underwhelming at defensive tackle. Blaw Nichols, underwhelming out there. Uh, they have some talent-ish in the secondary, I mean, Marcus Peters, that's kind of a legacy name, but, you know, he's still performing out there for them. 
old friend Adam Butler is on the defensive front, but like I'm struggling and digging deep four player names out here because there's not a lot of talent. If there is and would be a game for the Patriots to have a rebound one, it would be against this one. The Raiders rank 25th overall in points allowed per drive, 22nd in yards allowed per drive. This is a bad one. They allow a lot of rushing yards. Uh, They are middle of the pack as it relates to secondary. So if I'm the Patriots, I mean, I don't even know who's going to be available at this point. Juju Smith-Schuster and Demario Douglas are currently dealing with concussions. And so you're looking at an offense with Kendrick Bourne, Devontae Parker, and you have to activate Keyshawn Boutte again because it's very unlikely that those two would be activated before that. And maybe it's going to be Tyquan Thornton returning. He's currently been limited with his ongoing shoulder injury as he works his way back. So Patriots are going to have to find someone to put out there. Are you going to lean into Jasicki, like finally get him more involved? basically any solution that the Patriots have, it's probably gonna have to be a new face. Unless you're just going to force feed Kendrick Bourne the entire time, you're going to have to get Boutte involved because yeah, you can't play Juju Smith-Schuster and Demario Douglas, who are two of the other top, you know, three receivers, four receivers on the Patriots. So it's going to be a brand new Patriots offense. Yeah. I mean, with Douglas and Juju out, maybe the offense is really going to suck now. I don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> Jeez, what, what two massive losses. Oh, did. no. Yeah, I mean, D- Douglas is a loss. He really does have potential. Yeah. I, I, I do like him. He's still a rookie, though. He's still very raw, and they're kind of, they're still for some reason easing him in. Yeah. I mean, look, why would you not just throw the old playbook out and put the new playbook in? Uh, I don't want to judge up old memories, but, you know, that, that Eagles Patriots Super Bowl a couple of years ago, the Eagles won, where they just, they, they just tried literally everything. Thing. They're yeah. like, we're not going to punt. We're going to play crazy football. We're going to throw everything at the wall because otherwise, what, what other chance do we have? And it worked. I'm like, what do the Patriots have to lose at this point? Uh, my offensive X factor is Bill O'Brien. I know it's not really a love it. Uh, it's kind of like a, a weird one, but like you got to try something, Bill. You're, you're not a bad offensive coordinator. You were successful with this team in the past. You had success in the NFL as an offensive coordinator. I know it's not this level for you. Why would you not just throw the playbook out? Start from they, they even hinted at that a little bit during some interviews this week among the media, how we're kind of just starting from scratch offensively. I'm curious to see what that is. I'm very curious to see how they can implement an entirely new game plan going out to Las Vegas in the middle of the season. But why the hell not, Rich Hill? Is there a better place to try and gamble? That's true. Vegas is where you go to gamble. Maybe they'll 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 take a shot and we'll see what happens. But they got to do something. I want to see him establish the run. I want to. Yeah, your point earlier, we talked about how Mac Jones has less than two seconds to throw the ball. I mean, maybe they can just pass block a little bit. And maybe Mac Jones is the kind of guy like you know he he gets rattled really easily. And to his defense, it's not like he had really the opportunity to get unrattled against the Saints. Maybe he yep. just gets a, a good game under his belt. The momentum will build again. He's still not the guy long term, but he can't be this bad forever. So maybe they just kind of throw caution to the wind and and go nuts and, and see what happens out there. I don't know. Yeah, totally. I mean, like we saw the worst version of Mac out there, but we also have a track record of 32 plus other games of him being, you know, in that 15 to 20 range of the NFL, like or 15 to 25, if you even want to be critical on it, he's not an unplayable quarterback out there. He is at best a mid quarterback out there. And so can he get back to that level? And if so, we can handle that for a couple of seasons. That's like, it's a fine watermark to try and improve over. Who's going to be my X factor for it? Anyone who can catch a ball. I mean, <laughs> the fact that we haven't seen a successful offensive player for the Patriots as a receiver in years is so frustrating. 
I the last thing I would want is for them to be effective running the ball, truly, because it's one where I'm like, okay, maybe that would work. But how uninteresting, how unsustainable is that for like truly finding what can make this team be successful? Because you can't win in today's NFL without a receiver who can produce, without a receiver who can carry the day. And if you're going to say, I'm going like, unless it's a Derrick Henry type situation out there, which I don't know if Stevenson is of that caliber, especially we haven't seen it at this point this year. Unless you're looking at that situation, the best path to being competitive again is having someone show up at wide receiver. And so I'd rather dedicate 50 pass attempts to see if, you know, you distribute it to all the other players. Maybe Boutte can get five attempts. Can he get something to click? Can you get something to click with Bourne on a more regular basis? Can you even get Devontae Parker or Jaseki? Like, get Jaseki some actual opportunities out there. Obviously, he's been a little underwhelming at while he's been getting opportunities. They've been using him weirdly. But when you get him the targets, he's not terrible. It's just that he's not being given a lot of the high efficiency opportunities that you would expect a player to get in his oper- in his situation. So I just want to see them throw the ball. That's my X factor. <laughs> it's like, will they ball. try to will they even try to throw the ball on offense? Or will they are we going to see the Bill Belichick who throws out the hyper conservative offensive game plan that we've seen? And you remember like the last two weeks of the 2015 season when everyone was hurt. And it was just like Bill Belichick is running out the clock on this year. It was against the game against Miami where they just ran the ball every single snap on the first first half. And then they ended up losing the game, losing home field advantage. And like it was just a terrible decision being way over conservative. If that's the type of game plan that we see against this Raiders team, I am going to be livid. So the so my X factor is the offensive coordinator. And your X factor is the football itself. <laughs> it should we go are, well. We are scraping the yeah, bottom of the barrel really here, Alex. Uh, speaking of bottom of the barrel scraping, time for some offensive prop bets, Rich. Um, true or false, the Patriots will take a single snap inside the red zone for the first time since week two. True, true. true. I, have a, I have a strong opinion on this one, too. It might not even be because something that they did well. It could be because it's something that the Raiders did poorly. Uh, I was I was sharing this with our wider team where you look at some of the, the teams or just, you know, look at who are the worst teams in the NFL. Just look at that from a standings perspective. Uh, you're looking at basically the Bill Parcells coaching tree with an extension of you know, Bill Belichick, some of the worst teams in the league. You have obviously the Patriots, you have Sean Payton with the Broncos, former Parcells person. You have the Giants coached by Brian Dable, former Bill Belichick one. You have uh, with Chicago, Eberflus is their head coach. He was Josh McDaniels handpicked defensive coordinator uh, with the uh, the Indianapolis Colts before he backed out. Uh, you have Jonathan Gannon for the one and four Arizona Cardinals. That was Josh McDaniel's pick for defensive backs coach with the Indianapolis Colts. All of the worst teams right now, throwing Kevin O'Connell as the the one and four Minnesota Vikings, all of the worst teams in the leagues are helmed by those with basically a Bill Belichick relationship. (laughs) That's like, it's not a blanket thing. Not every single one of them is bad. Obviously, like you have Jim... uh, or uh, you have the the Detroit Lions, they're four and one. Uh, Dan Campbell, also you know former Sean Payton person, so he falls into that category. So there are there are teams that's succeeding, but at the bottom, 
they're all basically facing the season that we're watching the Patriots had. It's just really jarring for us because we haven't seen it as Patriots fans. Raiders were born in this. They were molded by this experience. They went into it where everyone's saying, Josh McDaniels is your head coach. You saw what happened with the Denver Broncos. You saw how he treated the Indianapolis Colts. It's going to happen again. They're expecting really bad things to happen in Las Vegas for the Raiders. And uh, with that, I don't think that the Patriots have to do anything to like take a snap inside the red zone. It could just be something where, like Jimmy Garoppolo fumbles the ball and the Patriots defense come, like land on it or something <laughs> of that nature. I So I say, yes, bad things are happening for everyone that's within that general sphere. And that will lead the Patriots to get at least something in the red zone. All right. So with that, Rich Hill, two offensive touchdowns to the Patriots. Over, under. Over. Wow. Uh, over strong. Uh, I think they'll get two. Uh, I think they will get two, precisely two, and no more than two. Maybe they will get a couple field goal attempts out there. I'm not expecting them to put up a massive amount of points or anything like that. Um, I think that they will potentially capitalize on that good field position, but there's no way, and I will just laugh and cackle so hard if I am wrong, but there is no way that the offensive ineptitude that we've seen over the past two weeks can continue, even for the league worst offense. Like, 14 points is still a bad day. Uh, And and so if they put out two scores, it's still going to be bad, but it's going to be better than what we've been seeing. And so, yes, I think they will score two touchdowns. Will one of those touchdowns be a pick six from Matt Jones? It is the third week in a row. Matt Jones throws a pick six. (laughs) Uh, I I would not be surprised if uh, the Patriots had multiple turnovers on offense. I would be shocked if they had another one who was the uh there was that one quarterback that just ended his career when he had matt schaub matt schaub had like five games in a row he is like the all-time leader for the houston texans and then there was just one stretch we had like five games in a row each with a pick six that's kind of what we're facing at here i hope it doesn't happen but it would be absolutely wild if it did uh, over under a hundred yards combined rushing. I seem to throw this out every week, hoping we'll finally hit the over and we haven't yet. Will they hit a hundred yards rushing this week? I know, man. Uh, I'm going to say no, uh, just because I don't trust the offensive line. Obviously the Patriots have had only one day that they had over like 90 yards rushing. It was the bad weather day against the jets. And so, uh, I'm not expecting them to have much success running even against a very weak Raiders front. Uh, last one, Rich Hill. Um, I, I asked this last time, and you said there'd be one, and there wasn't one. I think, I think it was a 30-yard pass is what I said, and you said there'd be one 30-yard pass. Uh, Did I? Oh, no. I'm going to drop I'm gonna drop it. Will there be an, a, a single pass over 20 yards this time? I'll keep dropping it down until I get it right. Will there be a 20-yard pass? Again, the receiver has to catch the ball 20 yards <laughs> down the field, not like a screen he takes to the house or anything like that. He catches the ball 20 yards past the line of scrimmage, and it goes from there. Will that happen at all? Yes. Yes. I will say yes. And it'll be one of those passes where we'll say, why wasn't Boutte? Why wasn't Kendrick Bourne more involved? That's that's what's going to happen. It's not going to be a moment of celebration. It's going to be like, a come on, why did we not do this before? Uh, and so uh, I would say yes, at least 20 yards. All right, so if you're right, that means you get a couple of trips inside the red zone. We get mm-hmm. a couple of touchdowns. We get a decent day on the ground and at least one offensive play we can talk about positively on our next podcast. I will take that so hard over what we had to watch last week. <laughs> I will allow it. But let's go to the best part of the Patriots this year, the defense, Rich. Yep. Fourth and goal, Patriots defense versus Raiders offense. Strength versus strength, I guess. I guess the Raiders are stronger on offense than they are on defense. We all know Jimmy Garoppolo. Still love yep. Jimmy Garoppolo. He's a good quarterback. They've got good receivers. It's a decent offense. 
if you're Steve Belichick, if you're Gerard Mayo, how you match it up against these Raiders? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a pretty straightforward team. Uh, they have Devontae Adams, one of the best wide receivers in the league. He's their wide receiver one. Old friend Jacoby Myers, who we're very familiar with, is their wide receiver two. Josh Jacobs is their star running back out of the backfield. And then there's literally no one else. Like, as in the sense that, like, they do have players. They just haven't done anything this year. Like, I think Austin Hooper, Hunter Renfro, those are players that can produce. But what I was saying earlier around other teams are facing similar, like, why is our team not doing anything? Raiders can feel that way. Like, Hunter Renfro has 59 yards this year. That's, like, shocking, right? He, he's not that bad of a receiver. He, he has a 1,000-yard receiving season under his belt in 2021. And so for him to be averaging, uh, you know, 11 yards per game feels weird. It feels weird. Austin Hooper, again, like, he got one of those big contracts with the Cleveland Browns. He was pretty underwhelming during his time there. But he's not a bad receiver by any means. You know, he was like a 400 to 500-yard player for his career. And so for him to come out here and also be putting up 12 yards a game, something's weird. But basically, it's a very top-heavy Raiders team. If the Patriots are able to put out some players in their secondary, I would love to see J.C. Jackson be able to be a little bit more integrated into this team. Is he someone that uh, has been absolutely torched? in the past, you know, he was just in the AFC West and it did not go well. Um, but like, you gotta give safety help to whoever is covering Devonte Adams. And then probably Jonathan Jones or miles Bryant against Jacoby Myers. It's not going to be a good situation. I don't think that from a skill perspective, the Patriots match up super well against them. Uh, I, I think the Patriots really miss Christian Gonzalez and like, even just having like a Jack Jones type and like maybe JC Jackson will get the draw against Devante with uh, like peppers or Duggar and support, but it's not going to be an easy matchup. But it's one where they're going to get theirs. And so long as you do your job against the other players of the Raiders offense that aren't really producing at all, you should be fine. Steve Belichick, you take away Devontae Adams, force them to beat you with the other players. You know that Jacoby Myers has never been a take-over-the-game type of player. You can live with him getting 100 yards so long as Devontae Adams hasn't taken over the game. So you think, Rich, this is the kind of game where maybe they just play really, really deep and really, really small and invite the run a lot and make Josh Jacobs and Mir Abdul to beat you up the middle and try to grind them out and force mistakes? Yeah, I don't even know if you like want Josh like to challenge Josh Jacobs in that way. Like, I don't think you need to adjust. It, it is what I'm saying. Like, you know, in the past when you've faced Peyton Manning, you're like, you know what, we'll drop eight and then encourage them to run the ball. We don't have to do that. This is not one of those high-flying passing attacks. It's a very mediocre passing attack that has two, like, you know, one elite wide receiver and one very good wide receiver in Jacoby Myers. And if you can dedicate your defensive resources to slowing Devontae Adams, the rest of your defense can play in scheme. Like this isn't one that you have to bite your nails around to figure out like, oh, we don't match up across the board. It's really just that the Patriots are so hurt. <laughs> they are like the definition of like decimated. They've lost like 10% or whatever. Like they are one tenth of what they were before. Um, they just don't have the bodies out there really. And like, they're slowly getting their way back. You know, the, the, all the players are coming off the pup list. Yeah. You're seeing players at practice, like Trey flowers, right? like, like, Maybe the cavalry is coming on defense, but I don't think that they'll be elite. But I think that they have enough bodies that they can keep it competitive. Yeah, I think competitive. This this could be a competitive game. Uh, it could also get out of hand. It really depends on a couple of factors. Uh, to the under chill, kind of some some defensive prop bets for you as we kind of get into starting closing this out here. Uh, did the Patriots do something they haven't really done much this season and generate a turnover? Two turnovers for the Patriots. You see over the under there. 
That's shocking. They only have two. Uh, yes, they're going to do take the uh, the over on that one. Um, the Raiders have been careless with the football. Uh, they have a turnover on offense every single game. Uh, they are, if we're talking about teams that are doing poorly, the only reason they beat the bad Packers team is that the Packers had three turnovers. Uh, and so the, the against the Bills, Steelers, and Chargers, three turnovers in each of those. So if, if I'm the Patriots, I feel like I can capitalize on that one. Obviously, a major caveat, can Mac Jones and the offense protect the ball? Haven't seen it to this point. But if they can, I feel pretty confident that the Patriots will be able to force a turnover or two. I think they will, too. This is a big Kyle Duggar game for me. He's my ex-factor. I think a Kyle Duggar interception is in the cards. He's really good at kind of cutting off routes over across the middle. Garoppolo loves the middle of the field. I can see Duggar kind of cheating to the outside and anticipating in and having a big – maybe maybe even a pick six of the Patriots. Change yeah. a little bit. You never know. Uh, six sacks oh, – I'm not sorry, six sacks. No, six sacks is what I saw on Mac Jones. I see probably having that happening. Three sacks on, on Jimmy Garoppolo over under. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's one where I don't have a lot of faith in the Patriots pass rush at this point in time. Like with Judon out, there's not a lot. Uh, and so I'm, I would take the under on that one. If they did, it would have to be from some of those complex pass rushes where like a defensive back comes on a blitz to to get it out of the blue where Garoppolo's not ready for it. Um, but I, I, I will say that, you know, stemming from that, my X factor is going to be Miles Bryant. Uh, he is like been one of the better players in the Patriots secondary for my guess is that he would get the matchup against Jacoby Myers. He has had that ability to like be asked to play a lot of things. I mean, he's that star role in the defense. He has that sack. He has three tackles for loss. He's like up against the line of scrimmage if he's his number is called. And so I don't know necessarily if they're going to get a lot of sacks, but I would say that I'm expecting Patriots to be in position to get a few tackles for losses. And I would expect Miles Bryant to be up in the mix for a few of those. All right, you mentioned Jacoby Myers. This is a two-part prop bet. Uh, Jacoby Myers scores a touchdown in this game, and Jacoby Myers eclipses Juju Smith-Schuster's entire season total in receiving yards in this game with like what, 80, he's 87 receiving yards, I think, to eclipse Juju's entire season so far. Do either or both of those things happen this year just so McDaniels can stick at the Belichick? That's brutal, by the way. That is absolutely brutal. Uh, but I, I'm going to say yes to both. Like, as in, like, uh, I, I don't I don't even know necessarily if it's, like, him going to be sticking it to the Patriots. But it's one where I think he is not going to be the focal point of the Patriots' defensive strategy. It's going to be Devontae Adams. And so Jacoby's going to get his. He's, like, a good wide receiver. Getting 87 yards, he hasn't done it yet this year, but he's capable of it, especially if he gets funneled passes, if the Patriots dedicate their resources to stopping Adams. And then will he score? He can. He I mean, wasn't he was one that like didn't score for his first like three and a half years in the the league thing, but like he's capable of doing it. He and Garoppolo have a rapport, so I, I would say I would expect him to both score and to. I mean, if he hits a hundred, I wouldn't be shocked. Boy, will that be a kick in the pants? With Myers, <laughs> like, if he has exactly eighty-seven <laughs> yards in a score, that yep. would just be exactly. The thing, uh, fun trivia fact, Brian Hoyer was his first ever TD pass in a meaningless Browns game for Jacoby mm. Meyer. It was kind of Love fun. It. Yeah. Uh, Rich, I, I got nothing else. I'm tired. I don't know if you have anything else you want to talk about. Otherwise, you get the predictions. No, let's move on. All right. So predictions, <laughs> uh, we both had the, we both in, in our infinite genius had the Patriots winning this last week. We, of course. Uh, the, egg is, the egg is on our face, but the hammer stays with me because I had the Cowboys beating the Patriots. 
Uh, I don't really see myself picking the Patriots confidently from here on out. Uh, Maybe I uh, will change my tune over the course of the coming weeks, but until the Patriots show me literally anything, I'm going to be picking against them for the foreseeable future. I don't think, I think the Patriots do get in the end zone. I think they get in the end zone once, and that is going to be it. And the Raiders take this one something like 24 to 10. Oof, that's going to be a disappointing one. I'll make this easy for us because I'm going to choose the Patriots on this one. All right. Um, I think that they're going to win something like 17 to 13. It's going to be where the Raiders are driving late to have a chance to put points on the board, but they can't kick a field goal. So they have to go for the touchdown and Patriots maybe get a stop. I don't think that this is going to be the great reversion for the Patriots where it's like, Oh, okay. I finally have hope again, but I think that this is a bad enough Raiders team that they could figure it out. Keep in mind, Raiders have only surpassed 18 points once this entire year, or you know, met 18 points once. They've scored 17 points three times and 10 points against the Bills. This isn't a good team. This is a a very very bad team, uh, and so I don't think that they're going to put up a lot of points. Patriots have one of the better defenses that they'll ever get a chance to face. They have a bad defense with turnovers. I don't think the Patriots are going to light the, the game on fire, but I think that they will do enough to win this one in ugly fashion drop out of the top five of draft picks. But like, it's one where I think that they'll get at least one of these games. They're going to like, they're going to win more games, Rich Hill. Yeah. They're not going to go. This is going to be one of them. I'm not going to, um, you know, they, 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 they have some very winnable games on the stretch. And one of them was the saints game. I got to be honest here. That was one of the games they should have probably won, but they got the Raiders are not good. They have the Colts. They have the commanders. The Broncos are on the schedule. They have winnable games. Uh, I just think it's safe bets to just pick against them until they get in the red zone and the end zone because they haven't done that. They've yet, they have not scored a touchdown in 33 drives. It's just insane to think about. And maybe this is where they turn it off. I don't think Josh McDaniels as head coach has lost to Belichick. So that's something else to factor in, yep. but uh, it's going to happen eventually. And I'd love to be wrong on this one, but uh It'll make it easy next week when you come back and see who win this one. But uh, I'm, I, I just got to go with the Raiders here. Yeah, no, and I don't blame you for that either. Um, but we'll find out. That's why you watch the games uh, and, uh, you know, try not to hate yourself too much, everyone. Uh, until next time, Alec. No, we're going to end this on a positive note. All right. Uh, right. I think that the Patriots, I think we're going to have a player do something on offense that makes us be like, let's see if we can do that next week. We haven't had that in a while. We had that 40 yard catch by Demario Douglas. I think we're going to see, but that was like one play. I think we're going to see a player on offense perform at a level where you're going to say, Oh, let's get them more involved because we saw them do it. That's going to be my, my big, uh, I don't even call it X factor, my prediction for the game to give us something to look forward to Alec. I don't know if you want to have one of yours own or do you want to just sign off? No, no, I will. I think ending positive is a good thing. Again, like I, I will reiterate that this is perfectly acceptable to feel as a fan. Imagine just being like a Browns fan and this is just your wrestling right. state all the time. Or if you're the, if you're like, if you are a 31 year old Lions fan, you were not alive the last time the Lions won a playoff game. This is yep. just not to be too negative, just where it's not used to it. It's hard to get into. I also will extend your positive thing, Rich. I think there will be not only one, but there will be several players by Ooh. December of 2023 
that were like, I'm glad we have those guys on the team. They've come into their own. These are guys we can build around. I don't know who they're going to be just yet, but I think there are players on this roster right now that are going to be there in the future and positive impacts. We're just trying to shuffle it all around right now. And the Patriots will figure it out more than they have the past couple of weeks. It's because, I mean, like, the, I guess this is positive, but, like, can it get any worse? The answer is no, it can't. So nowhere to go but up from here. Totally, totally. And, uh, you know, number's a long time to wait. But I'm with you on that. I think that there will be players that emerge because they have to. And so why not just keep rooting for them and hoping for them to break through? Because that's why we're Patriots fans. Um, Alec, that's all I got as we head into week six. Until next time, you have a good one. See you, buddy. Later, man.